and welcome to the Bullcast Podcast. I'm Katie Pickler, and ladies and gentlemen, I brought him back. So I've got today, Court Winsett. Hi. <laughs> and Cameron Spann. Hi, guys. How's everybody doing? I'm sleepy. How about you? Well, I mean, we got to talk about what it is. Today is Thursday, Thursday after tax day. Mm-hmm. So you're either happy, you're sad, you're confused, you're still trying to figure out, you know, what is adjusted gross income? What is this? What is that? I'm always a mixture. I'm happy and sad. It's always a really good feeling when your taxes are turned in. Yeah. But I always owe money. So then I'm sad. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, okay, just full disclaimer. This episode is not going to be telling you, you know, great tips and tricks about your taxes and all of that. We're going to broadly talk about it. Wanted to kind of give you some advice because everybody's thinking taxes still and just throw you some information. But before we get into that, uh, we're bringing back something. Twitter nugs. (laughs) We're bringing back Twitter nugs because, I mean, of course, Twitter, Twitter, (laughs) the Twitter, Twitter, Twitter. Um, you know, you go on there and search taxes and it's just so much. Okay. So I'll start it off. Government, you owe us money. It's called taxes. Me. How much do I owe? Government, you have to figure that out. Me. Uh, I just pay what I want. Uh, oh no, no. We know exactly how much you owe, but you have to guess that number. What if I get it wrong? You go to prison. (laughs) <laughs> so true it's just like we know how much you had to pay us but huh good luck yeah I'll actually, may the odds be ever in your favor i'm always relieved when i'm not in jail <laughs> i actually have a, a little bit of elaboration to do on that but we'll do that during the meet okay. um so uh next one is i was doing my taxes on TurboTax, and next thing i know they said i owe money i never closed a website so fast <laughs> <laughs> run 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 they can't find me just did my own taxes i should be in jail by the morning Doing taxes is so easy. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Step one, get your W-2s. Step two, give them to your dad. I don't know what's so hard about that. (laughs) I mean, that's kind of fitting that round robin that ended up with me. I don't give it to my dad, but, you know, my uncle is an accountant. So I'm like, hey, Uncle Ken, help me out. Yeah, I... uh... Again, I have stories about that with my kids, but we'll we'll, we'll move on. Okay. Uh, next one is TurboTax is the worst computer game ever. <laughs> so true. There's just something about filing taxes that really makes me want to throw a load of tea in the harbor. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you can have a good evening or you can sit down with your husband to do your taxes. You can't have both. Truth. Very true. I love this next one. Uh, the woman at H&R Block told me I should really try and start making more money. <laughs> <laughs> That's good advice. You're almost 22. You should have learned about taxes in high school. First of all, the mitochondria <laughs> is the powerhouse of the cell. <laughs> so true. That's when you become an adult. Taxes. Ugh. Okay, sorry. Is it my turn? Yeah, it is. <laughs> sorry. Every year I debate whether it would be easier to file my taxes or to abandon my life and live off the grid in the wilderness, forging for berries and collecting rainwater. <laughs> I mean, that's true. Taxes, I think, really make you question your life. I'm getting one of the. I'm getting the IRS one of those coupon books like one free back rub or <laughs> you choose the movie instead of paying my tax bill. <laughs> life would be so much easier. One free night of babysitting. <laughs> if I ever have another kid, I'm going to name them Amazon so they don't have to pay taxes. <laughs> <laughs> Tax forms are just one long roast of my personal and financial situation. Form, are you married? No. Kids? No. Do you have property? No. 
I mean, do you have friends at least? <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of true. It just calls you out. Get divorced this year? Yes. <sighs> Failure at life? Yep. Child support? Yep. <laughs> uh, I went through 12 years of grade school and college and a master degree and never learned from any of them how to do my taxes. Sometimes I think about that. <laughs> <laughs> <So true. laughs> I'm straight up guessing on my taxes like, do you have anything else to declare? Man, only thing I need to declare is I'm an idiot. Please do this for me. <laughs> Twitter nugs. Okay, so, I mean, obviously we're picking fun at it. Taxes are very serious, but also it's it's something that... The reason I want to do this episode is because we all act so surprised. <gasps> April 15th. Oh, it's coming. It's here. But it's like it comes every year. Tax day happens every year. Now, granted, this year it was not on April 15th, and a lot of people freaked out because it was moved to... Monday, April 18th this year. Butted up right after Easter. Woo. Right after Easter. Easter Bunny comes and sees you, and then it's like Uncle Sam's the next day, like, oh, you better I know pay that that money. made for an unpleasant Easter weekend for our accounting firm. Oh, yeah. I know yes. they were up here all weekend. I know. And that's what, seriously, a hug and accountant, or I don't know if they want, you know, if they're like court, they don't want a hug. But stay like, away from me, for sure. <laughs> Your your CPAs, your accountants are working their tails off, and, and the work's not done. The reality when you hear tax season, tax season is all year long, and so your accountants, your CPAs, whoever you're working with, they're working hard, so thank them because you may be calling with your, oh, I'm just one simple little account here, but if they have 30, 40, 50 other simple little accounts all asking the same thing, then it can be a lot, and it's very taxing on them. <laughs> Before we keep going, I was thinking, man, we're a little late on this or a week late. But you know what? The glass is half full. We are a year early. We are. That's what's going on. This episode, it gives you a year to think about taxes. Well, and I mean, we're going to talk about this, but some people may not be officially done with it yet if they filed an extension. Extension, yep. Yeah, because the extension gives you six additional months to work on things and get it done. Um, but you had to file that extension by, by midnight tax day. Monday. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so one of the things that I really wanted to kind of talk about is, yeah, so tax season for an accountant for a CPA is all year long, but for us, it's all year long. You have this date that comes up and everyone freaks out like, oh, it's, you know, I forgot about taxes. Well, taxes are always happening. And if you really are on top of it, you're thinking about it all year long and it doesn't surprise you. The reality is it does because taxes are very complicated. Uh, so one of the you know mistakes that a lot of people think about, and Cam, you kind of talked about this a little bit, is paying for taxes or getting that tax refund because there's a lot with that. And um, you know we did an episode forever ago where we talked about that free money you get. Okay, so I'll give this an example. Today I got a check from my mortgage company because I apparently paid too much in estimated escrow, and so. They sent me a check and I'm, you know, for the split second, I'm like, woohoo, I got this money. Free money. Yeah, but it's not free money. I paid into that. And so I'm getting back what I overpaid. So that's exactly what you're kind of thinking about when you get money back from your tax return. Your first instinct is like, woohoo, what am I going to do with this? I'm going to, you know, put, put it down on a car or I'm going to pay off some debt or I'm going to do something. But is it really good to get money back? The tax gods play these psychological games on us every every time. It's just like, oh, yeah. I get extra money. No, baby. That's that's my money to begin with. Yeah. So the pros is, yes, you get extra spending money. You get extra money for investment opportunities or paying off debt. But the cons, 
You're overpaying for taxes throughout the year. Tax refunds are not gifts. They are refunds, refunding your money because the IRS withdrew too much from your paycheck. Okay, well, you wait. The IRS doesn't withdraw the money from your paycheck. You, your payroll department withholds yeah. it and submits it, but yeah. just <laughs> Yes, so you have put withholding, and I'm going to get into that if you get yeah. a refund. I'm going to get into that. But essentially, you've paid the IRS too much money throughout the year. So sorry to burst your bubble. It's not good to be getting money back. The amount you get back is the exact amount that you are owed minus interest. So think about that. You were just giving them money. And if you had that extra money all year round, what could you have done with it? Mm -hmm. That was money you could have spent to better your financial situation. Yeah, it's interesting. I had a conversation with someone about it is a... We obviously being in the, the the financial advisory industry, we are one of our big key elements that we talk about all of the time is you know not letting other people sit on your money when you could have your money and mm-hmm. be earning interest on it or using it to your benefit or whatever. But you know they were like, well, but what if I don't use my money like that? What if I'm what you know if if I don't if I don't have it invested in something that's gonna make me a lot of money or if I'm not using it to productively is it. You know, if all I'm doing is taking the money and if I didn't give it to the government, I would be spending it on McDonald's, then why do I really care? <laughs> and, you know, my, my response is, well, you you, you should care. <laughs> Don't you, spend it on McDonald's. You should care. But it's almost like a badge of honor. Like, I feel like, friends, it's braggy. And for a split second, I mean, your true colors are showing. You are that green-eyed monster. You are envious because that person is bragging about getting that tax refund. What's a refund? Like, <laughs> I never get a refund. I always owe a lot of money. I mean, we're not cool enough to be in that club, Cam. <laughs> but apparently, according to the IRS world, they say that the average refund is $3,226. What? <laughs> we don't know that life. <laughs> So, I mean, think about it. That's awesome if you got that and you're like, woohoo, what can I do with this money? But then most people blow it or, you know, they, they don't use it wisely. It's kind of like going back to those stimulus checks. Like people, for the most part, blew it and didn't save it. I saw somebody the other day on Facebook that was saying, you know, oh my gosh, oh no, I I ended up owing money on my taxes this year and I was really counting on that refund mm-hmm. to 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 pay my bills, you know, and now I'm screwed because now now I'm not not only am I not getting a refund but I owe the IRS money too. It's like it's you know sort of the same not not really but a, a very similar mentality to the mentality of people who come to to expect their annual bonus. You know, mm-hmm. your your bonus is a performance bonus. It, you know, it's supposed to to reward good behavior or reward a good year or whatever but people start to expect that bonus and start to treat it as a definite part of their income when that shouldn't necessarily be the the attitude that you have toward it same thing with a refund you shouldn't ever expect to get a certain amount back in a refund and uh you know you were saying people it's kind of braggy i think was the way you put it kind of braggy when somebody is getting a big refund but then there are also those people that are real proud of the fact that oh i never get money back when i get it when i file my taxes i always you know it's either i don't i don't owe anything but it's zero refund or you know i have to pay taxes because they're proud of the fact that 
they're not paying too much into the government. They're you know that 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 they're getting a refund on. So there's actually that pride in that aspect of it too. I approach tax season like I approached exams in high school. I always just assumed I would make an F, and if I got better, it was like, hey, that's a nice little bonus. That's a good so way I to look at it. I always assume I'm going to owe, mm. and I always do. <laughs> but see, I mean, that's the thing is, is that you kind of should not you know bury your head in the sand. You should. When you hit a certain age, you should be kind of aware of what your taxes are going to be and be planning for it all year long. Whether it's, you know, if you have to end up doing, you know, some kind of account where you're putting money aside for a big tax payment. And I'm going to talk about estimated tax payments in a minute, but it's something that especially when you hit a certain, you know, career status or depending on what your financial situation is, that you're aware and when December 31st hits, that's the year you're looking at. But we all wait until April then to address it when you know that you can kind of get an idea of what you're going to be looking at paying. Yeah, I mean, you know, companies have, uh, any company that, that that has employees has a deadline of when they're supposed to get your W-2 out to you. <laughs> and so, you know, you're waiting on that and you're waiting on uh, 1099s from, from other sources of income, interest income and stuff like that. But, you know, as that stuff comes in, generally speaking, by, say, the end of January or by the end of February, then, you know, that's that's a good month and a half before April 15th that, that, that you're aware of what you got and what you could be owing. And the thing is, if you... So this next this list we've got, it's like 12 tips to cut your tax bill. But a lot of these are about actively addressing your taxes in that year. So you think about it like, we're in 2022, but we just addressed the 2021 taxes. And so there's things that you can do within that same tax year to help your tax bill so that you're not having to pay a buttload of taxes when tax day comes around. Like the SEP IRA we just set up for my wife. She's a contracted worker. We weren't doing that and we owed a ton last year. Yeah. So it's the SEP IRA is for self-employed individuals, and that may be a great option if you are a self-employed individual that you can look at setting this up. It is money that's put aside that actually helps lessen the tax burden on that self-employment tax. And also it it helps you save for... Exactly. It helps you save for retirement. Yeah. Okay. Let's get into this list so we can kind of round robin this if y'all want to. So number one, tweak your W-4, W-2, whatever it may be. Um, You've got a big tax bill this year that you owed you're with you know so you may want to raise your withholding so you owe less you got a refund do the opposite you can change your w-2s anytime you have to find your hr person (laughs) but that's something that you need to be aware of what you're withholding and kind of check on that every once in a while like we say you check on your 401ks every so often check on your w-2s make sure you're withholding appropriately yeah the the w-4 is it's it's one of the forms that you fill out when you are hired if you are hired on as a w-2 employee then the w-4 is one of the forms that you're going to fill out you know it's 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 that opening day paperwork that everybody fills out and a lot of people forget about it after Mm -hmm. that and you list yourself and how many dependents you have and whether or not you're married. And all of those things are uh, how many dependents you have, you know, whether or not you're married. All of those things are taken into consideration when the company that you work for withholds your tax payment on your your paycheck mm-hmm. every week or month or whatever, how often you're paying. Yeah. That's how they determine that, that the information that you supplied on your W-4 is how they determine how much they're going to withhold. And then you can also, on your W-4, say, I want to withhold this much 
extra mm-hmm. and, and actually list, I think, a dollar amount that you want withheld over whatever the standard withholding would be. So you definitely want to tweak that. For instance, if you originally started working somewhere and you were... Uh, single with no kids, and then a couple of years down the road, you're still working there, but you're married and have a baby. You're, you know, your withholding should change at that point because you do have dependents now, and you are a, a married household now, so your your taxes will be different. Yeah, absolutely. And so, just take a look at it. Okay, I'll do the next one. Let's see. I like the wording of this one. Stash money in your 401k. IRS doesn't tax what you divert directly from your paycheck into a 401k. Okay, well, that's just, I mean, on this, if you've listened to this podcast, I just said a truism. That is just like, you know, yeah, put money in your 401k. Yes. (laughs) Number three, contribute to an IRA because you can deduct traditional IRA contributions. Yep, absolutely. Uh, save for college. Put money away for a kid's school. You can't deduct the contributions on your federal, but for some 529s, you may be able to, if you're participating in the state 529 plan, you might be able to deduct from that. So it's that's one of those that it kind of depends, but that's where you would want to make sure in that tax year you were looking at your options. Hmm. Options, sorry. Also, you know, <laughs> growth, pay for college. For yeah, your child, I mean, it's so smart. Asset allocation. Yeah. Put that money to work. Okay, fund your FSA. Funnel tax-free dollars directly from paycheck into your flexible spending account. Now, I i don't, I mean, not you know, common. I don't really like flexible spending <laughs> accounts because they're not all that flexible. <laughs> no. I, I, do, I do love the, the healthcare spend, uh, spending account or healthcare savings account. That's coming um, up. That's number seven. Oh, okay. Well, then never mind. <laughs> I, won't, I won't spoil it. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, number five and number six that Cam's going to say, that's, you know, only a small group of people really use those. Subsidize your dependent care, FSA. This can be helpful for those people that, uh, one of the things you can use your FSA for is... Uh, spending on childcare. Mm-hmm. So if you've got, you know, if you've got childcare expenses, you're, if, you, if you're in that stage of your life, then this could actually be a benefit to you. Uh, <laughs> I do not have childcare, so I don't, I don't even think about that. I'm just like, yeah, no, I don't want to do an FSA. I mean, it's definitely something that now you're learning different nuggets that you can nuggets. ask yourself like, hey, am I eligible to do an FSA? Am I eligible to do this? You know, what can I do to help my tax bill? So you're powered with these questions to ask. Uh, number seven, rock your HSA. So if you have a high deductible healthcare plan, you might be able to lighten the tax load by contributing to the health savings account. And so, you know, this is where you can put money aside for health benefits. If your employer offers it, not every employer offers it. Mm -hmm. It does, it does have to be that you have a high deductible healthcare plan. Uh, you can do an HSA just yourself by going and setting it up with a with a financial institution. But if you do it just yourself, then it won't be pre-tax dollars that are put in the HSA. But if your employer offers it as part of their cafeteria plan, you can you can put that money in there pre-tax. And of course, the HSA is is brilliant because I mean, if you've got a high deductible, then you've got this money tucked away that you put in there pre-tax that could be invested in be growing and that you can also use to pay your medical expenses. Absolutely. Yeah. Last week, Becky, who is no longer with us, she didn't die. She, she retired at midnight last night, but she, she, uh, has done HSA forever and she Uh was singing its praises. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. It is wonderful. If you've got an opportunity, maximize and max out that HSA, please do that. They're awesome. Check into eligible tax credits. I don't know what that means. That's 
that's I general. Guess. Just see what potential credits you can get and look at that because I didn't, it's constantly changing. Taxes are changing so much and the credits that you're eligible for and not eligible for. So that's something of ask those questions, yeah. but you need to ask in the tax current year so you can know what do you need maybe need to do okay so let me let me just clarify because i do know what a tax credit is so people have heard of tax deductions what what's Mm -hmm. deductible whatever and then there are tax credits well tax deduction is something that you can subtract from your overall income before Mm -hmm. you determine how much you're going to owe in taxes based on your income okay so that's a tax deduction and pretty much everybody nowadays right now at least is is just using the standard deduction because mm-hmm. we've got a pretty high standard deduction. It doesn't make a lot of sense to itemize nice. for a lot of people. Okay, so that's a deduction, right? That you're you're taking money that you are subtracting out of your total income and then that that gives you less income that you actually have to pay taxes on. A tax credit is something that the, the government actually says, okay, we're going to give you a credit toward the taxes you owe. Mm-hmm. And so it actually subtracts money from the taxes. The tax credit is subtracted from the taxes that you would owe, and you end up with a lower tax bill. So it directly impacts the taxes. Like there's the child tax credit yeah. that's out there right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's so, the example. You know, that's, so. that's when uh, <laughs> we were talking about that, and Cam said, well, we're going to go have another baby then. <laughs> go make a baby real quick. <laughs> Sorry, Abby. <laughs> okay, number nine. Give it away. Give Believe away, in the power away, of away. charitable contributions. We actually kind of hit on that last mm-hmm. week in planned giving. Yeah. Yeah, we're just doing a greatest. This list, is, this list is just a greatest hits of everything that we talk about all the time. But then it's echoing in how like people don't think about taxes all year long, but you really can. And I remember when I was at JDRF that it was something about how as long as you had postmark that you sent us a check prior to the end of the year, then it could count as an end of the year charitable giving. And so we would have these people that would meet with their accountant in November and find out, hey, you you need to give some more money away. Mm -hmm. And of course, charities are lining up at that point like, hey, pick me, pick me, pick me. But so you've got to have those conversations in November, December timeframe and not January, February because it's too late. Okay, uh, keep a file of your medical expenses because that's something that hospital stays or costly medical or dental expenses, that can actually can play into deductions. Now, the medical has to be more than 7.5% of your adjusted gross income, which I'm going to talk about that in a few minutes. I'm going to give myself a jargon violation, but I'm going to explain it in a few. Mm, okay. But So yeah, think about medical expenses and keep a good ledger of that. Okay, um, next would be... <laughs> Sell those stocks. Deduct losses on stock sales offset capital gains. Again, this is something that's got to be done, you know, November, December timeframe. Take a look at what you're going to be facing as far as capital gains and figure out, are there some losers you need to get rid of to then help offset? Balance out. Balance out, yeah. Mm -hmm. Last on the list, timing is everything. Think about when you have to pay for something prior to December 31st or after might do an extra mortgage interest to deduct, moving medical expenses up, blah, blah, blah. Yep. Once again, that's what we just said with those other ones. Just make sure you're doing it in the right time because if you do it on January 1st, doesn't count for the past year. Okay, so plan for taxes. Learn what you may be facing and you know explore different options. Like Cam talked about, we address the SEP 
IRA things for his wife because she was getting 1099 employment and that was a great option for her. Look into that. Estimated tax payments. Now, there's sometimes that people are forced to actually have to start doing estimated tax payments and that's where they're paying in April and June and September and January. It's usually those people that are receiving income from, not income outside of their employer. They're not able to withhold enough. They're self-employed. Unlike that tweet we were talking about earlier of, hey, the government knows how much they want you to pay, but you got to guess it. In this instance, they're going to be like, okay, this is how much you should be paying and you should be paying us over these next four months. And then probably when you file your taxes, you'll probably still have to pay us a little bit more. But we want to guarantee that you're going to be paying us throughout the year for these. So that's, again, there is so much more that goes into estimated tax payments, but that is something that people can do. Another thing is if the government is not requiring that you have to do estimated tax payments, it doesn't mean that you can't yourself set up almost like an escrow account where you are putting aside some money, you know, every month or whatever it may be that you know is going to be for that tax bill that's coming up. So you can do that. Um, interesting side note, really just somebody, a, a friend of mine posted something on one of the social media sites, a meme or something that was about the fact that apparently, you know, European countries just, they, they do, they just send you a, a tax bill, you know, at the end of the year, they're just like, here's how much you owe. And you pay it, and you're done. There's not all this why doing it, your taxes. <laughs> why do you think that is? Why Why does America set it up that way, where it's your responsibility to try to figure out um, this nightmare? Freedom. Freedom. Yeah. Freedom. I don't want freedom anymore. America. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I genuinely, I don't know, but there's a whole lot of people who would probably be out of work if all of a sudden the government was like, you know what, we'll just send them a bill. We'll send a bill, yeah. We don't need you to do their taxes anymore. It's a bunch of CPAs that would be like, wait, what? Um, you just took away a huge chunk of my work every year? Yeah, we love our CPAs and accountants. They're awesome. They, mm. they are very necessary because it can play in your favor for sure. Okay, I promised you I would kind of explain what AGI is because I feel like especially in taxes in itself, there's so much jargon and I still don't fully understand all the ins and outs of it. And you'll ask some of our accountants and the tax laws change so much that they each year are having to learn new things and what's, you know, there was stuff that was just for pandemic times and now there's stuff that's no longer there anymore because we're past that. But um, AGI is adjusted gross income. So we report how much income we make. We report that to the government and they're going to subtract certain expenses such as education tuition, IRA contributions to give us an adjusted income. Get it? You know, it's adjusted because we took things away. <laughs> Our AGI determines what credits and deductions we might be eligible for. And after you go through all of that, then it turns into your taxable income. So that is very high level of what it is. But so that's where, you know, if you made $100,000 of income, your adjusted gross income potentially could be less than that, depending on, you know, if you did anything, you had any um, IRA contributions or anything like that. Yes. (laughs) I I concur. (laughs) Okay. Thanks, boys. (laughs) I want to know about this next one. It just says, know the fees. Know the fees. Know the fees. Because this is something that really stuck with me when uh, Court and I were going through some of our sessions 
Um, <laughs> is that what we're referring to them now? We're as? calling them sessions. Going we were going through some of our classes learning because we had to learn a good bit about um, legal and tax and financial and behavioral finance. And one of the things that stuck with me was about knowing the penalties that come with filing, filing late or not paying. And so I wasn't fully aware of all of this and I thought this would be some good little nuggets to give nuggets. you guys. <laughs> So interest can happen on unpaid balances and compounds daily, daily from April 18th until paid in full. From tax day until from paid tax in day, full. Yeah. yeah. So it is April 18th this year, it could yeah. be April 15th next year. Right. Um, but it's daily. And so what you're looking at is non-corporate taxpayers' rate is equal to federal short-term rate plus three. So the current rate for underpayment is four percent, compounding daily. Yikes. Ouch. Ouch. Okay, late payment penalty. So IRS will impose a late penalty equal to 0.5% of the tax owed after April 18th for each month. And the penalty is capped at 25%. But the IRS can send you a final notice and they can actually levy or seize property. Woof, that IRS is serious. I mean, I picture them like, you know, the men in black coming in with their suits. They're just going to... You know, they're going to come, they're going to find you. They're going to come and get you. I, you I can't hide from the IRS. I don't know this to be true, but I just feel like it, it, it in the hearts of men, the impression that I always got back when I used to do bankruptcy work uh, was that the two people that were the two creditors attorneys that were the most feared by other uh, bankruptcy attorneys of uh, the ones that that represent the debtors. The two the two attorneys that they wanted to see the least were were the the tax attorney the the U.S. government uh, U.S. attorney's office representing the IRS for taxes owed, and the child support attorneys. Oh yeah, because you're not getting you're not getting out of either of those. You're not getting out of the tax bills, and you're not getting out of your child support. Yeah. Okay. The other penalty is failure to file penalty. So five percent failure to file on unpaid taxes for each month, and it won't exceed the 25%. So what I want you to take away, because this is the same thing I took away when we were studying this, is even if you can't pay, always file, because filing penalty is 5%. Not paying is 0.5%. So just for the, like, I pitched your, uh, what was it? Billy Madison, when he is like grabbing the child's cheese and he's like, for the love of God, blah, blah, blah. like, please file, just file. Mm. Like, even if you can't pay, just file your taxes, please. So you did not get hit with that 5%. Ouch. There are opportunities where if you miss the deadline or you're not able to pay, then sometimes you can petition and get the penalty waived. Um, again, that's, it all depends. There's a long laundry list of potential exceptions, like natural disasters, death, things like that. But um, again, you know, I don't know that I want to be on hold trying to get in touch with the IRS to try and petition my case. Just, just file. Just get it done. Do it. <laughs> okay, this is something that I really hope after tax season, you know, after our accountants have had some rest, I would love to get one of them on an episode because a lot of people talk about when do I need to grow up and stop doing taxes myself? And find a CPA because there is there is a certain point when you're like, I can't do this myself. Me, I, I've never done it myself because I I didn't want I didn't want that feeling of what if I screwed it up. 
You don't want to be in jail. I don't want to be in jail. <laughs> I don't want to go to prison. <laughs> but um, there's definitely certain people that are like, oh, I'm mine's simple. I can do it myself. I can do TurboTax. And yes, there are great softwares now, and it's not a fun video game. You're not, you know, <laughs> you don't have a Turbo Blaster. You're just putting your taxes in. Yeah. But some simple kind of examples of when it may trigger for you of, hey, I need to start actually talking to professional. I need to get a, a, an accountant to help me out. If you're investing, like that's kind of a big one. If you actually are starting to invest and have accounts, multiple accounts maybe, outside of just your traditional 401k, that may be one where you want some help with working with someone to see, hey, when do I need to you know, take my losses or gains or whatever it may be? If you're self-employed, because a CPA and a good financial advisor um, could help you trigger of, hey, you might need to set up a SEP IRA to help mitigate the taxes. Uh, complicated deductions. If you do have a scenario where you are taking care of an older parent or you've got a divorce or you've got trust or you've inherited money, anything that kind of seems a little complicated and your life's gotten a little jumbled up, get somebody to help to make sure you're setting it up appropriately. If you own a business, you know, we kind of say that with self-employed, but if you own a business, make sure that you're setting up the business appropriately so you're taken care of, but you're also thinking of your employees and making sure they're withholding and doing what they need to be doing. Uh, the charity, if you really think that your taxes are at a point that you may need to be the person to go give money to a charity, or if you are gifting to charities non-cash gifts, that's something that you might want to talk to an accountant on how you need to put that into your taxes to help you, you know, was a deduction from the charitable gift. Big changes, you know, buying houses, selling houses, babies, death, divorce, all of that. So I've pretty much listed every possible scenario that you need, you need a CPA. I mean, it's kind of, I just think that's a grown up thing. Yeah. You start getting a general doctor and stop seeing the pediatrician and you get a CPA and you get a financial advisor. Like it's just kind of be a grown up, do it. You yeah. hire somebody to do it. You're going to have much more confidence that it's done right. And then if it's, if something's wrong with it, then that person is going to know how to fix it versus you who's just punching some stuff into TurboTax and you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, I don't know anything about IRS resolution. <laughs> yeah, it's it is it is a crazy world. And this is a quote that I'm sure a lot of y'all have heard a lot. There's two things in life guaranteed: death and taxes. Mm. I mean, it's true. Here's what I found. <laughs> guaranteed is a song written and performed by Pearl Jam vocalist Eddie Vedder. <laughs> Siri is trying to get in on this episode. Siri, I'm sorry, you can't do our taxes for us. We got to have a CPA involved, and Pickler Accounting Firm is awesome. Shameless plug. Exactly. Um, so again, this was kind of a, as you know, Cam put it, this whether you look at it that, oh, it's too late, tax days already happened, or are we really ahead of the curve? Because we're talking to you about how getting those people in line, having that you know financial advisor, that accountant, whatever it may be, because everything we do, we want to make sure that we're not only looking at your investments, your assets and allocating those appropriately, but also like if you have to pull money out, are you doing the thing that's going to be best for you tax wise? Because that's so huge. And, you know, we're, we're fortunate that we do have our law firm and accounting firm attached to Pickler Wealth Advisors, but also David's a tax attorney. And so he can help advise clients with that. But 
that's where especially taxes, because everybody hates them, and but they're so important that you have to have that team of people working together to make sure it's all flowing together and you're, you know, the left hand's working with the right hand. So the accountant is working with your financial advisor and they're all in it to try and help lessen your burden. Trust me, I don't think any CPA is trying to make you owe a ton of money because then you're going to get mad and go find another CPA, right? I mean, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think I lost court. He's like, oh, taxes. Well, uh, you know, I was sitting here thinking about how I was going to close this up because we probably are getting to that point where we need to to wrap it up and give our bullseye. And I was just sitting here trying to think of what my bullseye was going to be. And uh, so, you so know. you weren't listening to me. You no, were just thinking about what totally you wanted to say. Out. I was completely zoned out. I was just wow. like, well, "What am I going to say? What can I say that is really, really profound, and that will really sum up this episode perfectly for my bullseye? Taxes suck. <laughs> bullseye, bullseye. <laughs> Cam, you got a bullseye. I do. Having children is great. <laughs> a decreased tax burden is also great. But having children to decrease your tax burden is a bad idea. Because, yes, it will be nice for a small amount of time when you owe the IRS less, but the children will be with you forever. Bullseye. Bullseye. I got it. So as I said earlier, my Uncle Ken's an accountant, and um, I always would remember him and my dad would say, like, when somebody would have a baby, like, in December, oh, there's that tax credit right there. And I'm like, yep. what? What? But it's, yeah, don't don't have kids. I don't think any financial advisor or CPA is going to be like, well, well, I'm looking at your taxes, and you might as well just have a kid. Like, <laughs> I don't feel like that's usually their advice, but, uh, you know, for some people it might be. It's like the... David Pickler, don't listen to this. It's like the H&R Block woman in Twitter nugs. Make more money. Go (laughs) have children. Go have children. Make more money. Okay, so my bullseye is just kind of, this was just some, you know, education on different things. I hope what you take away from this is, number one, no matter what, please file. If you can't pay, you need to file. Uh, Number two, it's deal with taxes all year long and make sure that you're kind of aware of your situation. You're checking in with your HR to figure out how much you're withholding as your life changes, as salaries change, as different things. Make sure it's still working for you. If you got hit with a big tax bill this year, figure out why and try and address how you can avoid it next year. And uh, just put yourself a little reminder in your phone, you know, tell Siri, hey, you know, remind me in November, I need to uh, check on my investments, I need to check with my accountant and see, do I need to make a charitable gift? Do I need to sell some stocks? Do I need to try and make some extra payments on my mortgage? What do I need to do to help myself out and just kind of help yourself and figure it out and work with the right people. But that's kind of my bullseye is... Take taxes into your own hands. Don't let taxes take over you. <laughs> it's like a best-selling book. <laughs> okay, that's it. Bullseye. No! <laughs> <laughs>
ladies and gentlemen, there's the closing bell. You've made it to the end of yet another episode of the Bullcast Podcast. If you liked what you heard and you'd like to hear more, please feel free to go to your favorite subscription service and subscribe to have us beam directly to your phone or other listening device every single Thursday at noon. If you'd like to find out more about me, Katie, and Cameron, you can go to our website. That's bullcastpodcast.com. Also, feel free to drop a comment while you're at that website. Like, uh, you know, hey, I'd like to hear more on this topic. Or, hey, you guys are awesome. Or whatever you want to say, you know. Also, speaking of talking to us, you can talk to us on Twitter. I and mean, we do have a, a Twitter handle. That's at uh, bullcastpodcast. And then we also have an Instagram handle. That's at bullcastpodcast as well. So... You know, you've got the pictures, you've got the words, you've got everything you could possibly want. Um, finally, we mention on a regular basis that we work for a place called Pickler Wealth Advisors. And if you'd like to find out more about where we work, what we do, our amazing team, and our boss, David Pickler, please feel free to go to that website and read all you can. That website is picklerwealthadvisors.com. That's advisors with an O. Not an E. Ladies and gentlemen, I have given you so much of myself Katie has given of herself, <laughs> and Cameron has contributed of I himself. I poured of myself out all over this we episode. We have poured ourselves into this episode. <laughs> so we are exhausted. We are tired. We want to move on with life. My back hurts. <laughs> so for now, I'm Court. I'm Katie. I'm Cam. And we're done.